Hey friends, happy Tuesday. Today we are talking about medical freedom, our rights as patients and family, and we are really going to get into a troubling true story that my guest today will be sharing. This is a heavier topic by far, but as a coach who is encouraging you and has been encouraging you to be your own best advocate for your health, I believe that this is a needed conversation. My guest today, Scott Shara, brings us the troubling truth of the hospital system that let his family down in the most awful way. He will be talking about how his daughter Grace died and the current lawsuit that is going on because of it. Scott brings God's word into his story and you can really hear his heart as he speaks. Now this is a longer and heavier episode today for sure, but Scott's story is simply too important not to share. Honestly, once I heard about Grace and I watched the documentary Breaking the Oath, which I will link below, I just felt so very led to bring him on the show. Many of you listeners are supporting aging parents too, so This is important information for us all to have. Breaking the Oath is something we all should watch as it has testimonies also from numerous well-known experts in this area. So you may want to pop your earbuds in and go for a walk for this episode. And I would love for you to comment in the group your thoughts after you listen. So if you are not in Holistic Health for Christian Women Over 40, come on into our Facebook community and... We do not avoid the hard stuff here at Treasured Wellness, and today is one of those episodes. So this will be a good opportunity for us to just talk about this, get some thoughts, some fears, some worries, some concerns out, and we can talk about it safely in our community, Holistic Health for Christian Women Over 40. Now, before we get started, I did mention in episode 199 that I was doing a gentle cleanse and detox with eating anti-inflammatory. Since I had gotten a wee bit off track and I was feeling not so great and I was having more autoimmune flares, so I did recommit to treasuring my own wellness better than I was and I am feeling so much better. If you yourself know that you are ready to jump into a four-month all-in anti-inflammatory lifestyle program, I am so here to support you through it, to help you reduce the overwhelm, help you to move that needle forward so you can start feeling better, feeling more confident and caring for yourself and your family. Because again, you are your own best advocate. We just simply don't know what we don't know. But when we do know better, when we do better, and when we feel better, then we can confidently share better. So my Shape Anti-Inflammatory 4-Month Lifestyle Program helps you to do just that, to treasure your own wellness and be confident as you do it. No diet mentality, no energy-sucking workouts, no guilt, no shame, no stress. It is simply whole foods, eating the way your body responds to, changing up your lifestyle habits to better serve you instead of steal from you. So if you are interested in learning more about reducing the inflammation in your body, those inflammatory symptoms like belly fat, brain fog, headaches, joint pain, not sleeping, reach out to me, grab a clarity call where you can get your questions answered, or you can just simply go to treasuredwellness.com and find out more about the Shape Reclaimed Anti-Inflammatory 4-Month Program. 
All right, friends, again, this is a little bit longer of an episode and heavy, so pop those earbuds in and go for a walk. And if you need to push pause and revisit it later, I completely understand, but do listen to the end for some biblical encouragement, and I pray that you are blessed by this episode. Are you a Christian woman over 40 who is struggling with consistently low energy and fatigue? Are you tired of trying to navigate the ever-changing health chatter all around you? And do you wish there was a simple solution to just feeling good? Boy, do I see you and I hear you. Hi, I'm Michelle, and as a holistic health coach and fellow midlifer, I have realized the answer to our whole health concerns isn't in the online search bar, those fad diets, and endless exhausting workouts. Listen, beautiful mama, as the heartbeat of your home, you have spent your life caring for others well. So now is the time to take good care of yourself, get back your energy, and reclaim your entire health during this season. So if you are ready to stop striving and start thriving as your healthiest whole self, then you are in the right place. Grab your iced coffee, a notebook and pen, and let's treasure your wellness. Welcome back to Treasured Wellness. Today I have a very special guest, Scott Shara describes himself as just a dad following God's calling on his life after the unnecessary death of his daughter, Grace, at the hands of medical personnel. Scott has a podcast called Deprogramming with Grace's Dad that he started last November in 2022, and he has been speaking out about and fighting for medical freedom and awareness of the importance of being your own best advocate for you and your family which is something that is so near and dear to my heart. Scott, your your story is very serious, very shocking, and very scary. And I am so glad to welcome you to the show so that more people can be made aware. Well, well, I'm really glad to be here, Michelle. Thank you for having me. Of course. Let's jump right in. Tell us your backstory, Scott, and why you are fighting so hard. Talk to us about Grace and what happened to her. Well, the backstory started with Grace. I mean, that little stinker who wouldn't fight for her. She she was an absolute gift to our family. You know, we we had Grace when we were 39 years old. So I mean, we're so how did that even happen? So I'm not going to give a biology lesson here, but you know, it happened because we decided we 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 actually, you know, we had restricted God's hand. And so when we chose to turn that part of our life over to God, he blessed us. I, you know, Cindy is my wife and I always tease her with the first two kids that she got pregnant, you know, within a couple of minutes. I mean, she's fertile Myrtle. So fertile Myrtle got pregnant five minutes after we decided. And uh, that's a whole nother story, but we're not, we're not going there. Anyway, you know, nine months later, God blessed us with this little stinker with Down syndrome. And what a gift she was. And she was the best thing God ever gave us second to salvation. So you know, when we jumped in, of course, it was, you know, you want to just share the story so it doesn't happen to other people. It's gotten way bigger than that now with the lawsuit and everything else. But, you know, to, to share a little bit about Grace will give people a perspective. So I already said Grace had Down syndrome. Her last day on earth was October 13th of 2021. She was 19 years old. She was extremely high functioning for somebody with Down syndrome. I think for three reasons. One is God made her that way. Uh, number two is we never vaccinated her with anything. 
and I think that's a big piece of, of it. And then third is the maybe the largest piece is my wife did a fantastic job homeschooling. So Grace could read and write. She pub did public speaking. Uh, she she played violin. She rode horse. I taught her how to drive a car. She deer hunted with me. And she did everything. I mean, she just, uh, you know, at the beginning, you know, when you have somebody with Down syndrome, your, your mindset, of course, is, well, she's going to be, you know, she's going to have limitations. And um, I used to think about it and I would cry about it when she was little, that she's never going to experience certain things that I've been able to experience. And, you know, as I transitioned to realize what she brings to this earth, I realized, boy, I wish I had Down syndrome because it is just a wonderful view of life, the view of life that we're supposed to have. And, you know, from, um, you know, something that that people would really resonate is humor. So I have this very dry sense of humor and I taught it to Grace. I mean, she picked up on it naturally and it was, it, you know, it was such, it was such a gift. Oh my gosh. You know, I miss it. I miss her humor terribly. So I'll just give you, I'll give you a, a, an example. So there's in our area, there's a regional grocery store chain called Piggly Wiggly. Do you have that in your area, Michelle? We did. Yeah. Okay. We so, I mean, so you, so if people don't know, I mean, it's, it's, so it's a, it's a grocery store chain and their jingle is, I'm not going to sing it because that's not my deal, but Piggly Wiggly shop the pig. So Grace and I are driving in the truck and we're hearing this on the radio and she says, dad, that doesn't make any sense. You can't shop a pig. You first shoot the pig, then you eat the pig. I was like, oh my gosh. I mean, I, that type of stuff was just constant with her, you know, and, and of course we played off of each other and I mean, what she was just, she was so much fun. Uh, so, you know, she's created a void. I mean, a big time void by being gone. I mean, it is every day, you know, our, our whole life has changed. You know, I, I of course was working, so I didn't get to be with her 24 seven, but my wife was with her 24 seven other than when I would take her. And, you know, so my wife's gap is, is huge. And, you know, it's, it's a instant motivation, right? So, I mean, your daughter is, is killed. And, you know, the process that we went through to get where we're at today is, you know, so Grace's last day, October 13th, I went into a different hospital, October 16th, I just about died on the 16th. And then in the process in the hospital, I realized, okay, this hospital treated me 180 degree different than what they treated Grace. So I think God put me in that hospital for a specific reason. So I could talk this through and be objective. On top of that, he gave me a spirit of forgiveness when I was in that hospital. So now I get out and I'm on oxygen for several weeks and very weak. A doctor friend of ours called me and said, Scott, you got to get the records. And the reason she was motivated to do that is because she heard me speak at Grace's funeral. And we knew at that time something happened because one of the nurses had told Cindy the evening of Grace's death that she said, me and several of the nurses don't think Grace should have died today. So this doctor called you, she get the records, Scott. So we unbelievably got what we thought were all the records it wasn't but we we received those records in four days and so the doctor and I started sifting through the records and getting them organized and we realized oh my gosh 
you know, Grace was killed. In fact, the doctor said, there's not even a question as to intention. I wasn't at that point yet. So we laid this all out in a, a very long letter with attachments. And I requested a meeting with the hospital CEO and the doctor, figuring this is how naive I was at this point. I just thought, well, my biblical responsibility, which is not naive, is to meet with the person who offended you so that they can repent and then see this so they, they don't make the same mistake again. Anyway, on December 2nd, they refused to meet. So that that was my first clue. Okay, what is? why would they not want to meet with me? It doesn't make any sense. So I filed a complaint that day with the regulatory agency in Wisconsin that regulates the doctors. Um, I also filed a, or I sent a little couple paragraphs. I mean, I'm a businessman. I don't know anything about media, but I sent a couple paragraphs to an online email for Fox and Newsmax. Shockingly, Newsmax called me a week later and I was on national TV sharing what I could, you know, they don't give you a lot of time, but, you know, I, I was on national TV, a nervous wreck on December 13th of 2021, two months after, two months to the day after Grace died. Well, that led to one thing to another. And then off air, you and I were talking about Jan Markell. Well, Cindy, my wife was listening to Jan in January and all of a sudden Jan is, she's interviewing two ladies that that one lost her mom in a hospital and another one was an attorney that was involved with a case and and right before break said or right before the break Jan says I want to play this clip from a dad who lost his daughter and um or his down syndrome daughter I think it, she may have said anyway Cindy hollers Scott come in here this might be us and so we're we're sitting waiting and you know now all of a sudden she plays the whole Newsmax clip so then we we thought about it and thought it, we were wondering, is God calling us to jump in? And so we took that as, okay, I think we're supposed to jump in. So then we jumped in with both feet and just said, whatever doors you open, we will walk through. If you close doors, we won't try to pound them down. And he has opened up door after door after door. I mean, I started documenting them and on, on my documentation, I have over 60. I mean, I started, stopped even writing them down because there's so many, it just keeps happening over and over and over. Now I'm approaching 700 interviews. I'm a full-time advocate researcher. And so anyway, that gets you to where we're at with the lawsuit. So then what happened with Grace? Do you have a question right now? Otherwise, I'm going to tell about Grace in the hospital. No, I want. I want you to talk about this. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So what happened was, you know, the propaganda was in full swing. So propaganda means the death counts, you know, all this crap. You know, I, I see COVID now as a complete psyop, but I'm not going to go on that rabbit trail. But they were, you know, they're posting death numbers. And, you know, now that I see the hospital death numbers and I frame those in the light of what they were trying to do in the rest of the world. The United States is number one in all 200 countries in hospital deaths during the COVID era at 1.2 million. And number two is India at 531,000. And India's population is four times that of the United States. So it doesn't make any sense other than if they're trying to create a, a propaganda campaign to get people to kill themselves by taking the jab. All right, so you got to have these, you know, this fear. So that fear propaganda is in full swing. And unfortunately, we were influenced by it. We had tested Grace with a home test, which now when I see it, I mean, that was, so I have two degrees. One is DAD, 
and the other one is BS. So I'm going to call that complete BS because it was. So anyway, we test. We <laughs> you get my sense of humor for no extra charge, but today only. All right. So the so that was that home test was complete BS, but it still we test it tested positive. Well, we had all the FLCCC protocol at home. We got Grace on ivermectin all the blah, 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 we start, but we started measuring her oxygen saturation. And what we felt trapped to with that, there's nothing wrong inherently with that action. It's always the heart that God cares about. But the heart we had at that point is the fear propaganda had influenced us. So we're just monitoring her oxygen like it's, I mean, this is just critical. I mean, of course, we still need oxygen last time I checked, but you know, this oxygen saturation is not a, the most critical element to monitor, but we thought it was. And the FLCCC protocol at the time said, if that number drops below 94%, admit yourself to the hospital. So on October 6th, it drops to 88%. We take Grace to the emergency room, the ER physician suggests checking Grace in for three, four days on oxygen and a steroid, and she'll be home. And so we're at this point, we still trust the white coat. We have no idea there's an agenda. I was not woken up to anything before Grace died. I was a conservative with a healthy distrust for the government, like most business owners would be. But I don't know anything about the satanic agenda. Um, you know, I have been a Christian for about 30 years. I mean, in God's economy, I've been a Christian since I was born, but he'd let me know I was about 30 years ago. So anyway, but still, I didn't know anything. I don't, you know, I didn't really understand Satan. I didn't understand his tricks um, and how, how he has been working for over 6,000 years on an agenda that's competing with God. And I'm going to close with that today because I think it's really important. Anyway, the uh, now, so what happens when a man gets off track is it's hard for him to get on track because he can only do one thing at a time. And so anyway, back, back to, so now if they would have only followed that protocol that they told us, Grace would be alive today, meaning oxygen and steroid. Why do I know that? Because I went into a different hospital three days after Grace died. And I was substantially worse. I was, you know, Grace was, Grace just had a cold. I was having a hard time breathing. I mean, she didn't need to go to the hospital. I had to go because I was at that point. Uh, so, I mean, you know, she wasn't even close to death. I mean, she just had a cold. And we just thought, well, she's going to rest up in the hospital and be home. Well, I was with Grace from the 6th until the morning of the 10th. I was taken out by an armed guard on the 10th. We had then we had to hire an attorney to get my daughter Jessica in as a replacement advocate. Cindy couldn't do it because she had COVID. So we had 47 hours without advocacy. Now we get the hospital records and we see, oh my gosh, what they did is they started Grace on a sedation med called Presidex on October 9th, the day before I was kicked out. Now that Presidex is only supposed to be used for 24 hours according to the package insert. If it's used for more than 24 hours, it causes acute respiratory failure, which is the first cause of death listed on Grace's death certificate. So they caused it and reported it accurately. The second cause of death listed is COVID-19 pneumonia. Well, now Jessica's in the room. I'm going to get to that second cause of death is a complete lie. And they do it because of the money associated with that diagnosis. Anyway, so Jessica is now in the room with Grace. We find out during that 47 hours, instead of taking care of Grace, they increased the dose of a sedation bed six different times. So they sedated my little buddy instead of taking care of us or in care, in care of her. 
Now we're till Grace's last day, the 13th of October. In spite of being sedated now for four days, Grace is still doing fine. You know, you can't, it's like, she is so, she's so strong. You know, I'm so proud of her. She's, she, she just was fantastic. That day, the doctor called Cindy and I that morning and said, he was, the purpose of his call was mainly asking us for a pre-authorization for a ventilator just in case. Well, we already knew we weren't going to do a ventilator. And this was the fifth request. They, that was why they put Grace on Presidex, is they thought they could convince us to pre-approve a ventilator. And believe me, if we would have pre-approved a ventilator, Grace would have been on a ventilator because that was their goal. That's a $300,000 payday. If we would have said yes to the pre-authorization, Grace would not have died October 13th. Absolutely guaranteed. She would have died three weeks later. Why? Because that's the maximum payout. The average amount of time somebody's on a ventilator is 22 days with COVID. Why? Because it, if you look at the graph for the money, that's where they make the most money. Then they can turn that bed and get some other person in that they can kill with these protocols. So that being said, this is why I told you this isn't going to survive YouTube, Michelle. All right. So now that being said, <laughs> we don't approve that. And then he switches gears and said, well, Grace had such a good day yesterday, which we knew. So we should work on nutrition. So let's get her out of bed um, so she can get out of here in the next three, four days. So we approved the feeding tube. We don't know at this point, he's completely lying to us. While we're on the phone, he had the nurse increase the Presidex to the maximum allowable dose. Simultaneous with hanging up the phone, he put an illegal do not resuscitate order on Grace. You know, we know this all now from the record overlay. I mean, it's like, holy cow, well, Grace didn't die yet. So 1048 in the morning, max allowable dose of Presidex, 1056 illegal DNR, eight minutes later. So our belief is they thought the Presidex was going to take Grace out. As I said, Presidex for more than 24 hours causes acute respiratory failure, first cause of death on Grace's death certificate. But it wasn't enough. She wasn't dead yet. So they combined it with lorazepam and morphine. Those meds are contraindicated. They should never be combined because the package insert says they can cause death. And in fact, they did cause death. And that is the second cause of death, the real second cause of death in Grace's situation. And the third cause of death is after they combine those meds in a 29 minute, minute window, which is what they do. This is why I have been researching the euthanasia agenda is because when you euthanize somebody in hospice care, that is precisely what you do to them to kill them. And they killed Grace that way. When it came time to revive her, the package insert says, if you combine those meds, you're supposed to keep the reversal drug bedside and monitor the patient. No doctor or nurse came in Grace's room after they gave her the morphine. When Jessica called us panicking, we, I said, I, we had no idea this was going on. Jess is trying to get the nurses in. She called panicking. I said, get the nurses in. And she said, dad, I've been trying. So we are all screaming. Cindy and I threw a FaceTime call, Jessica in the room, save our daughter. And they holler back from outside the room with an armed guard present. She's DNR. And we holler back. She's not DNR, save our daughter. And they refused. And so we all watched Grace die at 727, Cindy and I via FaceTime, Jessica in the room, because they would not revive her. So anyway, that 
story is strangely not unique. It's, I should say it's, it's unique, but it's not uncommon. That's a better way to say it. Mm. This happened to 1.2 million Americans during the 39 month COVID era in some fashion, not all identical to Grace. Uh, so what made Grace's story unique in, you know, it's still even not unique is that med combination, the illegal DNR, and then us being in the room. 99.9% .9 of the people who lost loved ones during this COVID era weren't allowed in the room to boot. So they had the perfect opportunity to implement Satan's agenda to kill people. You have the shroud of secrecy, no family in the room. You have a financial motivation. They're incentivizing hospitals to follow protocols known to kill. And then you have the third leg of the school stool is the PREP Act, which provides immunity from liability if you kill people with COVID as a diagnosis. So that's one reason our lawsuit is extremely rare, but I mean, it's way bigger than that, which we'll get into after you ask questions about Grace's death. Wow. I'm, I'm just, I can't even fathom an illegal DNR. I can't fathom consent forms that you knew nothing about and that they were, I just, my mind is having a hard time wrapping itself around that. That's, that's just unbelievable to me. Um, you know, and you touched on that, like you went in, you know, fully trusting in the white coats, fully trusting in the doctors to give your daughter the best care that, that she deserved and that they were, that they signed an oath. They swore an oath to uphold, you know, do no harm. And well, I just, I, a doctor wrote me a few weeks back and he said, Scott, you're mentioning the Hippocratic Oath. And he said, just so you're aware, I'm not aware of any doctor who has signed that in my lifetime. He's a retired doctor. And he said, we don't, that isn't part of, it's part of the PSYOP that's been sold to us. So we believe that, um, but it's not true. I mean, he wrote me to let me know it really is not true. And even the Hippocratic Oath as an oath, is so God says to not make oaths. What's the reason? Because what happens if you find out something else that trumps the oath you made? And if you read the Hippocratic oath, it's actually made to other gods. You're making an oath to these other gods. So that the whole Hippocratic oath is another psyop, but we're not going there today. That's very interesting. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing that because I did not, I did not know that. Okay. So let's talk about the lawsuit a little bit. You filed back in April Correct. so that you can also help other families in similar situations. But then you recently had a hearing, didn't you? Um, and can you just go into the lawsuit and why you're file filing and all of that? So the lawsuit is being filed to shed light on evil. You know, we're realizing because of... Now I have my arms around what's going on. We realize that this lawsuit is to open the door for potentially 1.2 million families. You know, so we we the doors were open. God opened the doors. So I mean, we we simply walked through them. You know, as far as the you know the pluses and minuses of a lawsuit, it's it's really dumb to file a lawsuit because you spend an awful lot of money and the odds of winning 
are extremely low. But when God calls you to do something, you do it. You don't have to do the pluses and minuses. You just say, okay, well, you open the door, we're walking through it. So this is one reason that there's hardly any lawsuits is because you got to use your own money. There's no money in these, these medical lawsuits. The doctor's lobbies through tort reform have figured out how to tighten, they've got the state legislatures involved and they figured out how to put limits in place so that you really cannot sue these people. So we're doing it because we want to shed light on evil. You know, I don't know what God's exact plan is for the lawsuit. You know, he may have it be that we win, we may lose. It doesn't matter to me. That's not the point. Being doing the lawsuit isn't about win or losing, it's about using this as an opportunity to educate people. So when you file a lawsuit, what happens is you have to bring to the table facts. And you know, so just to get to the filing costs $80,000. So why, why so much? Well, because you can't just throw it up against the wall and hope the judge buys it. You've got to establish a credible set of facts. And so we took the extraordinary steps of not only suing Ascension Hospital System, which is the largest Catholic hospital system in the US, they have 30 billion in cash, they, they received 10 billion in government bonus money just in the first year of COVID to kill people like Grace. So I mean, so that's that's who we're up against. We're up against Goliath. But we also filed against the five doctors and two nurses who were directly involved with Grace's murder. So that is unique because now we've got you know eight sets of attorneys involved and you know it makes it for a very expensive lawsuit. But it needs to be done that way because. If you file against a hospital, you know, a hospital doesn't have a conscience. A hospital can't be held to account. A person can. Each of these doctors and nurses made choices. And in God's economy, we have choice and consequence. So we want the entire world to know that doctors and nurses can't use protocols and as, as an excuse or following orders as an excuse. You know, you can't can't do that. I mean, you knew these protocols are going to kill people. It's impossible you didn't, other than maybe the first week of COVID or the first few weeks of COVID when they're experimenting with things. But now, you know, we're <laughs> it's ridiculous. And they're by the way, they're still using them. So even though COVID now is officially over, the FDA uh, on May 11th announced that the emergency use authorizations are all still in place. And just three weeks ago, my son-in-law's mother went into the hospital in a hospital in Tennessee for being dehydrated. They want to put her on a ventilator day one. I mean, it doesn't make any sense, but it's because no. the emergency use authorization and the money involved. Um, so anyway, back to the lawsuit. So there's very few lawsuits filed because there's no money in them. The tort reform is written such that these doctors really can't be sued. And I'm going to give you um, some direct things right out of the hearing that happened on um, July 14th to give you an, a, a perception of what's going on. So anyway, the main result out of the hearing on July 14th is we have the first ever jury trial during the COVID era to hold doctors and hospitals to account. And that trial is scheduled for three weeks start first day November 4th of 2024. So that was huge. I mean, we're so thankful. If Grace was with us was with us in court, I know what she she would have came out and said, Dad, God did it. And he sure did. I mean, to have a jury trial is fantastic. But I want yeah. people, you know, you got to realize you can't 
the, this whole justice system is also part of it. So you can't rely on man systems to get justice. All right. So in God's economy, you know, these people will get justice. Okay. So we know that. So you don't ever rely on a lawsuit. A lawsuit is a tool. So you wonder, why am I doing an interview? For example, you know, don't the attorneys, aren't they afraid that you're going to say something wrong, Scott? And they get what's going on. The, the lead attorney said, Scott, there's three ways that we can influence change in reverse order legislation, complete waste of time. That's why when you were having a hard time wrapping your head around this, I was too, because in our in our world of thinking, there's a rule box and we're supposed to play by the rules. Well, right. they're operating completely outside the rule box. So there's no sense in creating a new rule box. They're not going to follow it anyway. Then second is lawsuits. So loss, you know, obviously we filed the lawsuit, but process this. November of 2024, are you kidding me? We've got serial killers still murdering people. And we've got to wait for them to get for justice until November of 2024. I mean, that would never happen if those same people shot somebody on the street, they'd be put in jail. So it's right. because they're still practicing medicine. There's well, practicing, yeah, whatever. Practicing okay, so. <laughs> Uh, so then third and most important, he said, Scott, you know, you're you're out in the press. We want you to keep going because this is how you can save lives. And, you know, so that's what we're doing. So anyway, the lawsuit, I'm going to just bring something up on my my other screen because I want to read it. it will yeah, please help you really understand. It's really it helps you understand the lawsuit. So, you know, the takeaway from the the July 14th hearing is we have. So you can tell I can't do two things at once <laughs> is that we have a, uh, a trial date. So what happens when, so we filed on April 11th, the hospital, the doctors, nurses all had to respond by May 15th. One of the attorneys wrote what's called a brief um, for partial dismissal. And that's what was heard during the hearing on July 14th. So you had two premises behind why he wanted the judge to partially dismiss the case. And the first one was related to the DNR. So the DNR is, um, we, we're requesting a declaratory judgment by the judge to say this DNR was illegal. And here's what he wrote. I'm going to quote it right out of his, this is right out of his partial motion to dismiss. He says the DNR order should be dismissed because A, the issue is not ripe for adjudication and or B, the issue is moot because Grace Shera, the subject of the order, is deceased. So be, you know, just wrap, I mean, it's, it's too stupid. It's too stupid to even write. When I read it, I thought, this guy is going to send his client a bill. And if the client reads this, they're not going to pay the bill because it's too dumb. You cause Grace's death. And then because she's dead, we can't sue you. It's ridiculous. All right. So that's one. Then the other one is speaks directly to the idea that there's there's state statutes that have been put in place for decades. So this is outside of the PrEP Act. So we're doing Grace's case outside of the PrEP Act. So the PrEP Act is not giving them immunity. All right. So if you read the pleadings, we have the pleadings online. You can see we're, you know, we're making it not subject to the PrEP Act. So that is a fear most of these people have is we can't, no attorney will take it because of the PrEP Act. Well, then what else is in place? So this is tort reform that's been in place for decades before COVID. 
And he made reference to that tort reform and he wrote this. So this, what they're trying to do is take our whole case and throw it under medical malpractice versus our case is about a battery. Medical malpractice can't happen unless they don't tell you what's going on. They didn't tell us what's going on. They just killed Grace. If we would have had informed consent, Grace would have never died. So you can't put that intentional not telling us underneath medical malpractice. That doesn't make sense. But that's what he tried to do. So he wrote the legislature's purpose in enacting a statutory scheme. He actually uses the word scheme. So this is a statutory scheme. And, I'm, and he explains it. The legislature's purpose in enacting a statutory scheme to govern claims for damages arising out of alleged medical negligence was to encourage healthcare providers to remain in Wisconsin by imposing certain limits on the causes of action that a patient or her family can pursue and the types and amount of damages that can be recovered. So a doctor can kill somebody, but you know because we got to have doctors, it really doesn't matter. We cannot we can't let them be liable because if we let them be liable, there won't be any doctors. I own a business. Okay. My defense is I have to run a good business. I don't have state statutes protecting me. Right. And neither should a doctor. But this is what we are up against. This is why there's no lawsuits. And so we're look, looking at this as, I mean, it is an absolute blessing to be able to have a, a lawsuit and be able to fight for, you know, we're fighting for, we're really fighting for all of our lives at this point. Yeah. And medical mal, malpractice is now the third leading cause of death behind cancer and heart disease. And so the fact that you have done so much intentional research and you've uncovered so much um, regarding the hospital system deaths and the euthanasia ad agenda, it's just incredible. It's just completely incredible. Well, thanks. I mean, God's given me some um, some gifts that you know, I, I'm humbled to be using them. And, you know, it's um, it, this is this is the most intense uh, thing that I've ever done. And it's also the most um, rewarding, exciting, uh, humbling, um, frustrating, uh, frustrating because you are trying to, you know, we even want to wake up the attorney who wrote this. Yeah, we're yeah. trying to help everybody. I don't want my worst enemies little stinker to die. You know, so, but people just, they, you know, for the most part, I mean, you know, Jesus said a prophet from his own hometown gets no respect. And right. you know, for the most part, that's, you know, that's a frustrating piece of this to get, but it's, I don't care. It's frustrating, but you know, you cannot let that get you down. Sure. Yeah. Just keep focusing on the mission. Right. Well, my husband and I watched Breaking the Oath and that is the documentary uh, featuring Grace's story. What was so interesting about it um, was that it wasn't just Grace's story. It was testimony after testimony of many well-known experts in this area, in the medical field. Um, the whole documentary was incredibly moving. It was very eye-opening, and I believe that more people need to watch it. So I'm definitely going to be linking everything in the show notes and how they can contact you 
One thing, and, and I you touched briefly on it, but maybe you can just go back to it. I'm not quite clear on what about Grace's disability rights? Can you speak about that? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. This is an angle that we really thought was going to be a leg of the lawsuit. So Grace had disability rights because she had Down syndrome. That's why we were in the room. So they violated Grace's disability rights by kicking me out of the room and and having us have to fight to get an advocate back in. So that was a violation. They strapped, they strapped Grace down to the bed. That's a violation. Uh, so those would be the two big picture violations. Interestingly, then this, this really shows you how our Congress is nothing more than a dog and pony show. So most people would be familiar with the Americans with Disabilities Act. So that's where these violations would come from. Interestingly, so we thought, well, this is, you know, it's so obvious Grace's rights were violated. The, the law doesn't apply, only applies to the living. When somebody is dead, you there's no recourse under the law. So you'd have to, you'd have to have an attorney on retainer and a judge willing to issue an order to stop the behavior live. That's how you enforce it. I mean, that is, it's the dumbest thing. Well, it's not the dumbest thing, but I mean, it's, it's, it just shows you, we, we have, we really have a government that is a hundred percent completely corrupt and mm. it's all about a show and psyops. And it's really about a say, implementing a satanic agenda. And, you know, the, the pup, the puppet master Satan is, controlling one of the puppets, which is our entire government. Mm. We could talk so much longer about this, Scott, and you have so much amazing and important, valuable information on your website. So I will be linking that too. And it's ouramazinggrace.net. This site is packed full of information that you can study and learn more about. And you also put some resources up there to help. So it's it's a great website. Um, I do love uh, body, soul, spirit, um, in my coaching and my teaching, that's what I focus on whole health. I love how I have heard you say you're bringing everything back to God and to God's word and how he's been leading you and directing you. And I have heard you on other interviews say that this whole health journey, this whole journey that you're on is based off of a scripture, the scripture, I believe it's in Genesis, uh, what you meant for evil God meant for good. Um, and I just love that because you are using God's word. You are using um, what happened to grace and what's happening to millions of people around the world, but especially in America here, turning it into good. What, what was meant for evil, God is turning into good. So one final question, what would you like to leave people with? Can you give them a treasured truth today? So I'll key off of that scripture verse for the treasure truth. So that verse is Genesis 50, 20. And there's a comma after what you said, which is um, God meant for what you meant for evil, God meant for good, comma, the saving of many lives. So there's two aspects to saving lives. One is physically, and that's why we tell the story. You know, that's why we got the lawsuit. That's why there's a tab on Grace's website 
uh, called Hospital Rescues. You know, if you we could do another podcast on informed consent and what's that look like? Because one of the things I would hope people take away from this is is okay. I've got to I've got to protect myself, right. right? So you know, so now what do I do? So I mean, that's that's a whole nother tangent that that um, you know I've got the forms and things on Grace's website, but there's never been a form ever written that will protect you against somebody that wants to kill you. All right, so that's that's the physical piece of it. Well, what about the spiritual piece? And you know, Grace died for um, a lot of reasons. You know, I don't know them all right now, but in God's economy, God's sovereign, so He has a purpose. As it applies to me, His purpose was to wake me up. So what have, what have I become awake to? I've become awake to that this is a spiritual battle. And that spiritual battle is way bigger than what I would have ever thought. You know, the and just to give you a perspective, what he shared with me was, Scott, don't use Grace's story to expose evil. And if you watch podcasts, and if you're awake, you'll see there is a race to expose evil. It's almost every week there's something more evil that gets exposed, you know, nuclear, UFOs. I mean, it just keeps ratcheting up. I mean, every week it's like, and and the people doing it seem to want to one-up the guy's deal from last week. So whoever the most evil thing last week, well, I'm going to get them this week with something more evil. And it's like, oh my gosh. So, so the warning that I had is don't use Grace's story to expose evil. So we are shedding light on evil, no doubt about it. But what does that look like? And the the main light that I have been shown is this. There is a movement going on. So Satan has two, Satan, view Satan as a coin. So on one half is the evil side of the coin. And we can see that, you know, unless you're blind, you know, everybody can see the evil going on, right? But the other side of the coin is he has lied to us. Because there's like this battle versus good and evil, but he's created dialectics and it really is evil versus less evil. So Satan's quote, good side, end quote, is the less evil side. All right. So now that you saw just a quick example, abortion. So we know the evil side, woman's right to choose, right? The the good side is... Well, exceptions for rape, incest, blah, 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 all these exceptions. Okay, well, that really is not good. God's way is the only thing that's good. God says no, no to abortion. So both people representing you know, those two sides are evil. They both are murderers. It's just a matter of degree. So that's evil versus less evil. Those are the dialectics Satan wants us to play in. So then we never get to see God's good side. So what he's setting up right now, and you see it in the freedom movement because they're all pitching it. Oh, we're we're going through a great awakening. You'll hear this. And you know the light is coming through. Well, I'm telling you bluntly, the light is not God's light. It is Satan. God says Satan will invent, reinvent himself as an angel of light. So there is going to be an inversion of all this evil that's going to look good. So you can compare it, if you're familiar with Revelation, to the Antichrist system and all the false prophet system replace the Antichrist system. So that's Satan's two sides. None of that is from God. And the the bright light test that I have learned to look at and how to sift through all these people pitching the light side now, because there's a bunch of them, 
is that none of them acknowledge how we got here. We got here by rejecting God, which means the only way out of this is repentance. And none of us know God's timeline. I personally think we're in the days of Noah, so it's time to get right with God now. Don't wait. Don't be relying on, you know, our trap is relying on men. That's how we start. We felt trapped to allopathic medicine, vaccines, and all this crap that they've sold us is because we fall trapped to men. Well, Satan's light side is men leading men out of a problem that men created. So don't fall for it. That's my that's my main take-home message. I love that. Yeah, that's that's a really good take-home message. You know, just keep your eyes open, keep your your head down in the word, and God's word will never return void. It will never steer you wrong. So, and, and it'll be very eye-opening of the days and the times that we are living now, for sure. Thank you so much, Scott, for coming on and sharing your important story. I will leave all of your information with my listeners so that they can get in touch with you and follow along on the status of the lawsuit, but also so they can stay informed with their medical rights and feel more confident in the care for themselves and their families. And I would love to have you back again to talk about informed consent, but thank you so much for coming on today. Well, thank you. I'd be glad to come back. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, friend. I hope it challenged you, encouraged you, and stretched you in some way. If it did, would you stop right now and share this episode with someone else who has been praying for a breakthrough in her whole health? Also, it would bless me so much if you would pop on over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a quick review to let me know how much you are liking the content and to help other women just like you find the show. Treasured Wellness can also be found on Christian Mix 106 and Radio Free America online streaming radio stations. So check out those two amazing platforms. One more thing, come on over to our Facebook community, Holistic Health for Christian Women Over 40. I would love to see you there. Until next time, remember, you are a beautiful treasure.